This is Dan Libby, one-fifth of YFC, and you are listening to this week's episode of Infinite Rewind. All right, y'all. Um, forgive me for getting what episode number this is. I'm going to say 25, 26. Damn, yo, it might be 25, yo. It might a be. Quarter. It might be episode 25. Um, welcome, y'all to episode 25 of our podcast titled Infinite Rewind. Uh, I'm going to be your host again today. Um, Benny Bathrobe's holding it down. Uh, no bathrobe right now, but I'm with the dudes, with the guys, with Raul here, uh, no longer stuffy, and Libby no longer late. So I'm glad that we're all here on time, ready to discuss Prince's 1984 classic. Uh, Purple Rains was released on Warner Brothers record. Um, it came after one of Prince's most popular albums, 1999, which I definitely want to go back and check out. Uh, but this is a pretty iconic, famous, celebrated album. Um, most people know who Prince is. And if they had to force them <laughs> to think of a Prince song, most people would give you either Purple Rain or When Doves Cry, both songs on this album. So um, it's not an overstretch to say this is definitely Prince's most popular album. And there's a lot happening on this album, a lot of different influences from funk to pop to some rock, uh, even a few like, I'm going to push it here a little bit. I felt some heavy metal solos happening, a little bit of rock. Uh, not just like soft rock, definitely not in the U2 area, way more in what I would consider to be the Iron Maiden, but more with the guitar solo. So definitely a wide range of music on this album. And Prince can do a lot, <clears throat> whether it's writing the songs, playing the guitar, singing, uh, but Prince can definitely do a lot. He was joined on this album for the first time officially with a band titled The Revolution. Um, most Prince albums before were like, you know, on drum tracks and he didn't really embrace the whole live band aspect of it, but he definitely did that on this album. Um, so that's really where I want to start is talking about the band and uh, what Prince can do in the band with a very simple question. Do you all feel like Prince does too much or do you feel like Prince does not do enough? I can't. Well, um, I don't think. But well, all right. I think he does too much, but in a good way. Okay. You know, I don't think it's like a bad thing. Um, he takes like he's. Well, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's 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 a tough one to answer, man. Because he, um, for instance, when doves cry. Really, just sounds like a drum track to me. Easy, with like, um, um, the light key and uh, like over it, and you like you could just mimic that song, and it's just a lot of it's just him singing. Aside from the guitar solo at the beginning and some spread of guitar somewhere, it like mixes in there. It's it's a really, it just seemed like it's like on loop, you know, and um, yet it's a very outstanding song. It's very personal. Um, I so right there he's like a minimalist and then he fucking like smothers it and like the beautiful ones in Computer Blue which are like the mid tracks of the album 
It's just a lot going on, but everything seems so cut and dry and concise, you know, but there's a lot to, he leaves a lot to the imagination. Mm. I don't know, I think the dude did a, I think he's an artist. I think he did a really good job of, of balancing both being a minimalist and really throwing paint against the wall. I kept thinking of that album that we listened to with George Clinton um, months, months ago, where that guy, basically that album felt like it was like watching somebody with like operate on a blank canvas and just throw paint and just more paint and more paint. And it was mm -hmm. just like expressive, ex expressive and experimental, but they didn't seem to be like a box or anything. I'm not saying you put everything in a box, but it helps organize stuff. And I, I feel like Prince did a really good job of staying organized with his music, um, yet being extremely expressive. I was, yeah. So I think, he, I think, he, I think it's it's a really tough one to answer. I guess if I would have had to choose, if he was a minimalist or a, a, you know, going over the top, I on this album. I think he did. I think he's a minimalist. I'd have to go backwards and say he probably could have done more in areas, but he held back. Not to say he didn't do a lot. He did a lot, but I think he was he was sharp and concise and determined. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, at least from my point of view, I don't think it was a minimalist approach from Prince's uh, aspect, at least because you know throughout the album. Uh, he's definitely, you know, he's almost like screeching when he's singing, you know, it's almost like he's doing too much at times, yeah. um, which honestly, I think it's dope. It fits uh, for Prince's style, his almost over the top eccentric, uh, you know, emphasis on, on his vocals. And it's, I think it's what sets him apart, you know, like, it's literally like, it's very ghostly and like ghoulish is, is one of the things that really resonated with me with this album and his vocals. Um, so Prince as a contributor, I, I think the original question was, was he doing too much or was a minimalist? I, I'm, I'm going to say he was probably teetering to doing too much, but it works for Prince, man. But uh, talking about the drums real quick, uh, a lot of the drums on this album were off of a drum machine. So maybe it was more the band, like the electric guitar and the bassist uh, that was more of the live instrumentation. Correct. Correct. There are some of the songs, I think three or four of them, it's the full band, drummer mm -hmm. included, but a lot of the songs, including like When Doves Cry, was done with this 80s drum machine. Let me see if I can quickly show you guys. It's like a very early version of a drum machine. It's called the Lindrum. Wow. Yeah. It looks but, yeah. Let's just skip ahead, but, um, the, you know, the song Kiss by uh, Prince? Yes. Yes. That that was done on a drum machine as well. But like it was just it's just him it. singing over a drum machine, but he like did something to the drum machine so it actually had like a had like a, a added like a key to it. So mm. it was just him singing over a drum track, but the track actually played music. I don't know, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just how that's going back to like the minimalist thing. It's just like I, I think he just had the idea, took it, sharpened it, so it wasn't anything more than what he wanted. I think he's extremely expressive, but like, you know, using a paintbrush, but the paintbrush that he wants to paint the picture. That, 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 that's, that's where I was going. I think he was over the top. His screeching, 
is you know i love the I love what you said raul it's like ghoulish at times like it, it's definitely like it's not a like uh this album isn't like a happy-go-lucky album it's, it's kind of it is spooky in areas too i think and at the end of darling nikki was extremely spooky mm. um you know uh you have tones i don't know if you ever like heard the tracks for requiem for a dream it's a movie yeah at the end of darling nikki there's like a uh, really like low high low high low high breathe like he's just breathing into the mic or like uh, it's just very spooky there's there's a scene in the in that movie where i just remember being like blown away like this is outrageous and the orchestra of like the soundtrack was exactly that as i, I feel like they took it and copied prince for that specific scene mm -hmm. uh, it was just a yeah i just, i just think he's um very deliberate which I respect the hell out of any artist that just knows what they want. I just, to me, it's like when we jam, I tend to meander around and then find myself and hit a high moment with you guys. And it's like amazing. I just, I'm blown away by artists that just already have the vision and then just do it. And they just do it. So sh like, so concise. Mm -hmm. So this guy blew me away much like Stevie wonder blew me away with just how, what, how much they, like their approach, what they wanted, their vision. And uh, yeah, I just think this guy is like, super expressive, but I'm just, I'm shocked at how sharp he was. That's what, I'm sorry, that, not to get carried away again. I just, that's what I meant by minimalist. I just, I'm not harnessing him. I'm not saying, oh my God, he didn't do enough. He did plenty. I just think he was just able to pull himself back without being sloppy, you know? Yeah. What do you think, Ben? Um, I think that Prince, as an artist, is someone that you need to consider a maximalist because if you think about the way Prince dresses, if you think about the way that he sings, if you think about just the his whole packaging, the fact that he had a movie for this album, and bro, you watched the movie, and I, I saw clips of it, so you know, like, Prince isn't just, like, sitting in a corner quiet. Like, he is a very passionate uh, oh, to me, it's over the top. Like, it's it's so much. Um, but when I think about what that top is, I feel like some of the best artists need to go over the top. It's the artist's role is to communicate and to express. So if you're just expressing, like, very simple, quiet things sometimes in a way that doesn't stand out, then I don't think your art is really <clears throat> that magnificent. So I had that question for myself if I was listening to it because... There are plenty of moments, whether it's the screeching, whether it's guitar solos, where I'm like, yo, this guy is seriously in it. Like, he is absolutely doing it. Uh, but you can overdo it sometimes. And there were moments that I did not like in the album that I felt like, this is just too much for me. Uh, doesn't mean that it's wrong. Like, Prince's passion should not be denied. His uh, vocals abilities and guitar abilities should not be denied. I think it just comes down to taste. Like, do you like screamo? Like, do you like intensity? Do you like, like very heavy distorted guitars? Do you like very rapid drums? It's uh, To me, it comes more of a taste thing at that point. Um, so I would like to explore that next. Um, how did this album fit in with your tastes it, it it does really hit a very like specific genre because it's not necessarily r&b 
but it's not exactly funk, but it's not really techno, and it's has rock influences. I feel like it was really scattered and very unique in that way. So how did this album um, or individual tracks in this album fit with your music palette? Yeah, and some of it was definitely very disco-ish as well, you know? Yeah. There's so many layers as far as the influence behind this album. Uh, and to be honest, my first, like, two or three listens... Um, you know, I didn't love it as much as ultimately I do now in its totality. You know, I listened to the album the past two weeks, maybe 10 to 15 times. And by the last listen today, I'm like, wow, I fucking love a majority of these songs on this album. Mm. Um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, the, I think you asked um, what the... Uh, how did this album sit with us as yeah. far as the influences? Um, I mean, derivative of a lot of the shit that we already love, you know? Uh, you know, huge James Brown influence, huge, uh, you know, soul influence. Um, yeah, stuff, it's, it, it caters to uh, much of the greats before Prince, this album. Um, and I definitely want to dive deeper into prince's discography yo he has so much to freaking offer mm. um but yeah initially it wasn't exactly too palatable for me but i guess with familiarity uh, you know music usually uh sits a little differently so towards the towards the end of the last two weeks of listening to it definitely grew on me heavily i agree I, 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 it's the same for me i think uh my first and we ended the Stevie Wonder thing. We're riding an all-time high. I'm like, you know, I get in the car the next day. Or I think that was on Friday. I forget when we did it. But, you know, I got a two-hour drive back from the Cape. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to listen to Prince. I throw on the album. And I get through. I recognize the first song. Not right away. It took me maybe like a minute. Then I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, I've heard this somewhere. And then I get to the second one. I'm like, all right, rolling through it. Then I get to the third one. I'm like, all right, I'm I'm, I'm going to go back to something I'm familiar with. I just like, cut it out. I'm like, ah, uh, shit. All I all I see is just like you know, like perms and like like you know, fucking like just eighties scream like eighties movie screaming at me. Just like, you know, like and I'm just like and like I'm just driving. I'm like, I just this just sounds like. It needs it's it's high energy and isn't like I'm driving right now, man. Like I'm not like I just trying to like pass the time and I could focus on this, but this wasn't this wasn't sitting well. Um, and then I just kind of you know I stick with it because it's the assignment and um, you picked it. Don't, don't call I know, it. I know, I know, I know. And now that's the problem. I think I saw you that same week. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to listen to this again. That was like week one. And then um, I picked it back up. So I actually, I enjoyed most of it. I just didn't, it just didn't click. I, I can find things in here that I definitely appreciate, but I'm like, I just lost. And then I just kind of, you know what it was, is I started playing more at home, um, especially with Devin gone. And just in the last, like, really like 72 hours, just kind of sitting at home noodling putting music on and just hanging out. And I just actually kind of in a way, like let my guard down a little bit. I started just kind of really just trying to just 
go, you know, like when I say go, like play and play, play uh, to a different level. And uh, that, so I was kind of just doing that all weekend. And then I listened to it, this album yesterday and then this morning. And it just kept, every time I heard him bring it, I was like, that's what it's all about. Like, that is it. As an individual, as an artist, as a performer, that's what it is. And, um, like, he just brought it. And then you really, when you sink in, as you realize he's bringing it in so many different ways. He's an extremely talented person and musician and how he's bringing it. Um, so, that like, I, honestly, the last time I listened to it was probably the best time. I was like, I get it. But at the same time, I'm also like at that point, like a lot of these songs actually kind of came off annoying. And at this point, what 80s does to me, anything 80s comes off plastic and like almost too forced, too fake. And this is a, this should be an exception to that rule. But unfortunately, it kind of had already like sunk in at that point. This was just it's too much. Even Purple Green, which is a, an epic, right? An epic song that um is layered and it it's just it it is its own it's it's a it's a great song it just came off kind of annoying the more i listened to it so it didn't get better like stevie wonder it actually kind of like plateaued and took a little bit of a dive but i think i got it so uh yeah i i think uh it just kind of slowly rose stock and then warm me up. Um, but like I said, I think I, I, I think I um, walked away from this really appreciating him as a performer and what it takes to perform at that level and just fucking balls to the walls and just go out and do it with like zero regard. Very calculated though. Very calculated. Yeah. So Raul, as someone who just actually watched the movie, Purple Rain, how does the experience of watching Prince, you know, live out the soundtrack to this album mm -hmm. and be an actor in the movie yeah. and perform in the movie, how does that influence your perception of the album? Yeah, dude, not only is he acting in it, but he's a leading role. And I think he acted in it very well. Um, like, you can tell that it's weird, you know, Artists that are great at one thing, I feel like can transfer that same artistry and be great at other things. I'm telling you, he did a great job acting in this mm. movie. <clears throat> but uh, the movie is like semi-autobiographical. Um, yeah, li watching the movie, you have a much deeper appreciation for the music because <clears throat> it was pretty dope in the way that um, they did it. They um, filmed the movie and then he made the music. So, you know, the music is directly about uh, the movie. And throughout the movie, there are scenes that it's him singing the songs. But it's, it's like singing and wrapping up, you know, the last 20 minutes of the movie. You know, there's, it, they, 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 it's, it's a beautiful parallel. There's this one where, uh, is it something Nikki, what's the name of the song? Darling Nikki. Darling Nikki, where... <clears throat> you know, one of the main storylines in the movie is that he he falls, Prince falls for this singer, up and coming singer, Apollonia, and um, 
you know, after they get to know each other a little bit, uh, she, Apollonia, then tells Prince that, oh, I'm going to join this other guy's movement and his record label. He's going to help me out with the music shit. And actually, there's a scene that Prince smacks the chick. But anyways, af after that, uh, uh, Prince feels betrayed. Um, and he sings that song on stage after that. And after the girl, Apollonia, had been hanging out with the other record label dude. So he's singing the song, uh, Darling Nikki, on stage directly to her in her face with the other dude there. So it's like it ties in the movie in the, the album very, very, very well. Beautiful. Great transition, man, because I want to talk about Purple Rain as a concept. And I want to <clears throat> explore how you all feel the concept was uh, developed throughout specific songs. So when Prince was asked about the meaning of the album name, Purple Rain, he said that purple rain is when the blood meets the sky and the red and the blue become purple. And the album is all about being in that space where you're looking at basically the world end and you're doing it with the person you love and you're doing it with the ideas of your faith or your God really like motivating you through it. So that's very like apocalyptic and dramatic and very in line with what Prince is in my opinion, all about on this album. Um, what were some moments throughout the album that you feel like, yo, he really nailed that whole end of the world, be with the person you love, have your faith guide you uh, type of narrative? What are some moments you look back on and you're like, that's, that's when Purple Rain was like really hitting? Um, I'll start off because I think it's a pretty uh, deep question. I feel like Computer Blue uh, the second half of Computer Blue, there's almost, there's the part right in the middle where it's it's not a record scratch, like in a DJ premiere sense, but it's almost like the song um, sheds a layer of skin. And it's it's kind of subtle for like eight bars. And there's this very like animatronic robotic guitar solo that comes on. It reminds me of something that I thought like the Terminator would listen to if he was going to blow a building up or something. Uh, it just sounded very dramatic and very robotic and like destructive and i feel like that was the moment there was no lyrics there was no print singing it was just guitar i don't know who played the guitar solo uh, but that was a moment on computer blue that was one of my favorite moments on the entire album i felt like you nailed this idea of like bringing that like triumphant like powerful uh voice to uh like decapitated landscape yeah i was gonna say that um Computer Blue just seemed to be the most like um, outside of the box song on this album. It's the other ones are definitely, it, it's hard to, so it's weird, right? It's just kind of like some of these songs have like the very 80s plastic forward in a way. But if you really listen to them, they're, they're kind of got some, you know, the lyrics could actually surprise you. Um, but yeah, I thought that, yeah, I, I was going to say computer blue was definitely one of the, one of the trippier ones where it just kind of, uh, brought you to like a, to a brink, you know, to the brink, I guess that might've been, that might've been it to me. I think, you know, when I look down the set list, uh, it's hard to draw that, um, you know, it's 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 one thing for like them to allude to it in lyricism, but like the music's got to kind of bring you there too. 
because uh, that's really what you're listening to. At least that's what I'm listening to. But I didn't like most of these songs. And the the next slowest song on this album was the beautiful ones, and it really wasn't. I don't know. I feel like I've heard like song like a song or a few songs written just like that one. I wasn't exactly blown away, but it was repetitive. Um, and I think it was, it was, it was slightly eerie, but not nearly as eerie as computer blue. I don't know. I, it's, it's, it, it, it had tones of spookiness, but it like, honestly, the album, again, it just, then maybe that was the intent because, well, without really knowing it, but just it's time in the eighties. It just, it's just like, it had, it had an air of spookiness to it, but it had like this I don't call it fakeness, but that's how I like to <laughs> up the eighties is plastic. The eighties yeah. has no love in your heart. For real. No, I I I thought this album was great and I think he's a phenomenal performer. And he, that's him on the guitar. Uh but yeah, like sometimes I just I I, I don't know. It's just he's just a product of like that eighties environment. I mean it's just like heavy synth. Uh, yeah, echoes of metal. It, it was a mishmash of stuff. Definitely, there's like hip hop in there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I guess it, it, it that's a very deep question, Ben. But I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to go back to Computer Blue and just say, yeah, I just like the, that second half of the song, or I, I, I just say the whole song just definitely stuck out um, to me as like an outlier for the album. Uh, definitely different than the rest. Uh, tying it to the theme, it didn't, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I couldn't quite take away a theme just by listening to it. I had to like read about it um, to understand really what was going on or what, what the message was. It just, it just seemed like, um, it just, again, I just couldn't get past like a, you know, a high perm, you know, pearl necklace, breakfast club type, like, feel and it just wasn't me and that was it was kind of a turn off but like i just knew that that's what a, i mean that that's the error right but yeah i gotta say it was it, it's definitely a cheat code to watch the movie mm. dude so i didn't know i so i would have i i would have guessed that he wrote the music and they made the movie about it like you would think, like Yellow Submarine or something. Mm -hmm. like they wrote the, or, or maybe maybe that's how they did Yellow Submarine. But in my mind, I'm like, it's like you write the book and then they make the movie about it. You don't make the movie and then make the write the book about it, right? I mean, yeah, some people so. do, but like you would think like movies are based on books. So I would have thought movies are based on albums. But he he made the movie and then did an album about it. I would have thought like it, it, in my, I would have been like. My initial reaction after learning about this was like, kind of cheap, kind of cheap, but I would never have guessed. I would have thought it was album and movie. Well, for me to answer the question, after Libby just completely shat on Prince's legacy for the 30th <laughs> time. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, as far as the part of the album or one of the parts of the album that I feel reflects and speaks to um you know i think the theme of the album is what you what you asked mm -hmm. for me it's the end of purple rain yo there's something about the breakdown at the end of purple rain that has this like 
mm. almost like end of the world, like epic sadness to it. It's 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 pretty fucking dope. And it starts with like like a building electric guitar. And then I, I love the phrase where he keeps repeating, um, only want to see you on the purple rain. It sounds so like just like it's like a mixture between like spooky and, and like and and just fright frightened and like and and I, and, I, and I, that's the album and the movie uh in a nutshell yo because um so there's domestic violence in the movie and it's like um prince uh kind of inherited that from his dad his dad used to beat the shit out of his mom mm. so in his, in his dad's eyes he loved his wife so much that he wanted to control her so much that he would resort to physical abuse in order to contain something or someone that he loved. Damn. And Prince saw that all the, you know, his life growing up and he ended up doing it himself. But yeah, that, um, I guess to tie that in, I think, I think this, the song, the title track definitely reflects the album and uh, the through line of the movie parallel to the album itself i think it speaks to it a lot man yeah i didn't know about that context for prince um and that is sad definitely to know that for sure. he had to go th he went through that didn't he didn't choose to he had to go through that uh but i will me echo your sentiments um there's a wailing like ooh ah vocal incredible moment that happens at the end of purple rain and it feels just as epic as the guitar solo um, towards the end, and yeah, I think he definitely captured like an electric sadness at the end that sure. I don't think a lot of people could do. Like, um, yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of uh, "She's Out of My Life" by Michael Jackson, not in tonalities, but in like the sentiments. Like, wow, this is a deep, profound sadness. Um, and I think Prince is an ability to express emotions like no other human being. Um, and also, Prince also has an ability of being freaky, incredibly freaky. And I want to talk about uh, Prince's freakiness because it ties into the picture that I sent you all uh, for our uh, call. So there's a song on this album. We've brought it up a few times already. It's called Darling Nikki. Now, Darling Nikki, no surprise, no euphemisms, is a very explicit song. There's a line about a lady masturbating with a magazine, and, like, it's just incredibly, incredibly in-your-face and not subtle at all. So this song was popping in the 80s so much that adults and kids were listening to this album. This song bothered so many parents that there was actually a group of wives they called themselves um it was like i was like the four wives or like the hurt wives or something like that but it was a group of uh women who joined uh forces and made something called like the parent monitor control group and basically they got a list of 15 of the, what they thought were the most like explicit sexual drug oriented songs during the time. And they made a group to want to ban these songs. And Darling Nikki was on them. That lady that sent you all a picture of Trisha Gore. She was Al Gore's uh, wife. Uh, Al Gore was a Senator at that time. Um, obviously eventually president. Uh, her name is Tipper, bro. Tipper. What did I say her name was? Trisha? Trisha. Yeah. Come Tipper on. Gore. Tipper Gore. My bad. 
Uh, I didn't really look at her name. I just know her last name was Gore and that she did this. But essentially, um, she was responsible for that parent advisory uh, oh, label. Sure. Oh, sure. One Prince's song was one of the, they called him like the, the hurtful 15 or the disgusting 15. Um, and that was one of the songs that essentially created this label. Um, so my question for you all is, as men in your 30s that probably think about sex still every single day, how do you feel that that label has changed, influenced, you know, altered the direction of music's sexual adult content throughout? Do you feel like it's had no influence? Do you feel like it's actually made music more raunchy and more explicit? Or do you feel like it's whatever if it was created or not created it wouldn't have made a deal um essentially how did that sticker how does that sticker influence the explicit content in music yeah i mean i know it was a huge deal well i didn't know that this album contributed to that in that way yeah but um honestly i, I don't know i don't know if it really made much of a difference because the raunchiness the you know the vulgarness in music uh, I know at the time, early 90s, late 80s, in rap and hip-hop, it was a huge deal with, like, Too Short and things like that. Because the raunchiness of music existed. I guess this just made it so that before you purchased an album, you knew you kind of knew what you were getting into. Mm. So I don't, I don't know if it necessarily contributed to magnifying people's raunchiness, because it was going to go down those rabbit holes either way. I think there was, there was no containing that current at all um but i will say before i pass the baton i think that fucking that uh parental virus advisory sticker just makes any image look fucking cooler you know? <laughs> like i remember when i was designing our uh i think it was red perhaps or maybe the cover art for cigarettes yeah it didn't look official until i added the parental advisory <laughs> logo to it i added it and i was like "Ooh, let's get it so it's it's weird, like the psychological things thing that that does to just an image, you know, because that almost makes it. You see an image with the parental advisory, and you instantly know music, and it's going to be content that's adult stuff. So you know, who knows? Maybe in some ways it contributes to to the I guess the appeal of what you're about to listen to. Hmm. I agree. I think that it's 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 more shaped it for for the listener, for the customer. Because um, I think music is music and I, I don't think I don't think it's like change the artist at all. I think the artist is just going to do what they want anyways. Um, so yeah, I, I but yeah, it's funny that like I grew up like, can I buy this album? I can't. I need like my cousin to come here to get it for me because I can't walk. I'm not gonna ask my mom to buy this album for me. She'll never buy it for me. You know, uh, just uh, just the parental advisory sticker is definitely uh, it's it's stuck with me. And yeah, man, it's fucking cool. You know, yeah. Throwing it on our own shit, it's like ah, it's awesome. Yeah, yo, yeah. let me ask you guys: when you think of the parental advisory sticker, what's the very first album that comes to mind? The Offspring. What is it? Straight Outta Compton. What'd you what, say, Louie? What did What did Ben say first? He says straight out of Compton by N.W.A. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, the Offspring. The Offspring by who? Uh, no, that's the Offspring's the band. Uh, the the album Americana. 
Gotcha. Um, so the, my cousin had it. It was like, the song was like, my friend's got a girlfriend and he hates that bitch. <laughs> it's just so slow and like in your face that I, I took it from my cousin, brought it home in sixth grade, played it. And my mom came right into my room and fucking pulled it right out of the CD player. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, where'd you get this? I was like, Mikey. He was like, you know, six years mm -hmm. older than me, my cousin. Like, it's fucking trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, it's the Marshall Mathers LP. Yo, that was gonna be. I was gonna say that when I I remember going to Walmart when I was in. It must have been fifth grade or sixth grade. Um, and my, it was the first CD that I ever bought was uh, In Sync, No Strings Attached. And I remember I needed to buy that because. I wanted to buy Marshmallow's LP. My mom wouldn't let me. And then I remember looking, mm -hmm. uh, NWA was very close by. It was like, I remember those three. And I remember seeing both of those and being like, all right, I guess I'll just take the NSYNC album. <laughs> yeah. So my mom, my mom actually bought me the Marshall Mathers LP at Walmart. Uh, and she had no idea. Obviously, at the time, I'm pretty sure at the time you had to, like, be an adult to buy it. You know, yeah. kid under 18 couldn't. You had to present ID. But, dude, when I was playing it around my house, dude, my mom was fucking mortified to hear the shit that was on this album, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's... First of all, I completely disagree with both of you. Um, I think it's <laughs> very uh, absurd that you all think that it did not change the content of music. Because when you think about 1984 is when this album came out. And if you rewind and think about the music in the previous 70 years, if you think about some of the most popular, successful music of the time, that raunchiness is just not there. That doesn't mean that there was no raunchy music at all, but the popularity and the success of raunchy music is definitely not as big as it was post-1984. It's like once that sticker became a thing and artists saw that you could effectively get away with it, I feel like music has absolutely gotten raunchier. Music videos have gotten raunchier and have gotten more successful. And I think I'm really focusing on this a lot after listening to Donda, which is Kanye's new album, which is essentially a gospel album and there's no swears on it at all and i was thinking about that as i was looking at the album cover and i'm like oh my goodness like when was the last time there was like a billboard top charting album that has no swears and is effectively a clean album and i really struggled to think about that so when i scan the timeline from 1984 to today i feel like this album and its success really made things like MTV and Nirvana and like Jay-Z's big pimping video, a thing that you could do. And I don't feel like it could happen as easily before. Mm. You know what? You could be right. But let me ask you this. So do you think that music and I guess media would not have been as erotic as it is now without this parental advisory logo? It's kind of like the whole like don't press the red button thing. It's like as soon as you tell a kid to not do it, like all you're going to be thinking about is that red button. So I, I feel like the sticker amplified it. I think the sticker, the label, I'm a, I don't know what you call it, a sticker. Um, I think the label amplified it. Um, but that, that, that's a tough thing to really uh, specify because going to Libby's point, why he hates the 80s so much, um, there was this strange, like, bursting of the seams of culture at the time and, like, the whole, you know, Reaganomics drug thing, I feel like that definitely uh, 
amplified a certain like loose wild behavior um that who knows maybe that's bigger than the music but i feel like the parental advisory with the music with the whole old uh culture of the 80s definitely moved us in a direction where like you know miley cyrus is a top 20 billboard artist and is you know walking around in a bikini in a video and like that's a number one video now yeah i i guess i guess yeah there could be much truth behind that um I just feel like music was gonna eventually get to the point of ratchetry. You know, you were gonna have the twerking going on eventually at a very excessive rate. You were gonna have the large amount of swears in music. I just wonder if the sticker amplified it, you know, if it made it a bigger deal. Like, I wonder if it didn't happen if, you know, people would have said like, oh, well, like, this isn't selling dramatically more than, you know, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Mm. Yeah, I I think you get a point, man. I think I think it it definitely I think it helped create like a market, you know. And um, fuck, man, that's what I that's all I remember from like uh, fifth grade on was like all of a sudden it was like you're if you're you want to be a fucking cool kid, you listen to this music over here, and it's like the shit that like. You know, you get like your parents don't know you have. You know, and a lot of it was like that line was there was that uh, parental advisory line, and it just was like cool to swear, and it was you know, you know, songs about things that I didn't understand because I was too immature, and rightfully so, because um, I was nine or ten, um, and I didn't know what a woman's clitoris was, but. Um, <laughs> You know, it it's like I'm, that was an that was on like an Eminem track. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but it's funny. Yeah. By the time they get fourth grade, <laughs> they got the Discovery Channel, don't they? Yeah, like yeah, you know, like oh fuck, this is yeah. But like my buddy Greg loves that song, so I like it. You know, it, oh, it's got the parental advisory thing. So yeah, I definitely think it polarized the customer base, and yes, absolutely, money follows that. So, no doubt, I think record industry was like this is a fucking gateway to making more cash and making let's find artists that fill like that fit this bill and I'll just fucking pump more money. You know what I mean? I absolutely believe that there was something on some undercurrent behind it. Um, and you got to think, I, I, I bet you, I'm sure that it, that existed in, in movies and TV ratings well before, you know, it, 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 it probably took music way too long to finally add like a, a solid line like if you listen past this is going to get x-rated you know but you know you have your pg rated g rated pg-13 rated r in, in movies which never existed in music it sounds like yeah not till 84 um yeah that's a really good point no it's interesting to think about that um and i would actually love to start taking this conversation in the route of final thoughts so um, I would be happy to start off. Actually, no, I should go last because I'm doing the, I'm presenting y'all the album for next week. So, or are we? I have an album selected. So if you feel, uh, you know, that you want to, that bro, you know, you did a lot of work. You know, cre- looking for Stevie Wonder. Um, we'll give you a little bit of a break. Uh, All right, okay. I definitely, All right. I definitely have an album. I actually have two albums in my mind, and what we say right now will influence which one we'll pick. All right, cool. So I'll go first. 
Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I will start by saying that this song, in my opinion, excuse me, this album, in my opinion, uh, holds two of my top 25 favorite songs of all time. Without a doubt, Purple Rain and When Doves Cry is in my top 25 of all time. Like, th those songs, like, th those two songs, like, it, it makes me feel something deep down inside. Um, Question over here. Answer. I think it was. Um, did, is this as a result of listening to this album the last two weeks or before this? Before, um, you, before this assignment? I had a deep appreciation for both songs prior to this exercise. But definitely listening to it as much as I did the last couple of weeks enhanced my feelings towards it. Okay. Without a doubt. Uh, yeah, Prince. Prince is almost like, you know, I, I hate, I kind of hate the comparison with him and Michael, Mike, uh, Michael Jackson. But I have to say it because I think the, I think that Prince is almost like the ant antithesis of, of like perfect and, and spot on vocalist and perfectly, uh, you know, fine-tuned music i think i think he purposely tries to push the envelope a little bit and he's he's his expressiveness and his creativity is 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 a, a little more uh you know i think he's a little more loose and more willing to experiment than most artists and i, th I think print that's one of prince's uh greatest attributes is his his ability to just like reach to levels uh, vocally and, 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 and musically that some artists are not willing to, you know, uh, venture off to. So Pr Prince, as, a, as an artist, Prince is remarkable, dude. I think, I think Prince is like, he's, he's definitely one of the greatest in history. Um, and as, 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 a, as a guitarist, I think we get glimpses of, of his, his excellence. And uh, I, hope, I hope all three of you, actually, I think Ben, actually, you showed the video, the video of the tribute uh to uh well like starts in the weeps exactly dude like come on shit like that is like remarkable dude like prince is on another level as far as artistry and as far as uh instrumentalists um like i mentioned earlier it took several listens for me to find a deeper appreciation for the album but ultimately i, I loved all these songs i think the one this is the one song that i really didn't really love too much was possibly take me with you um but aside from that dude like the beautiful ones is a fantastic song i freaking love that song um i would die for you is super dope i really love a lot of these songs on this album um one of the things that you know i'll take points away for is the drum machine thing you know the drums are very basic and single dimensional and it's like stick figurines as opposed to like you know layers of you know mm. you know painting like lows mids and highs and having some sprinkles here and there it's it's very it is very minimalist which you know if you and if you also think about it if you think about uh, the drum machine potentially getting rid of a drummer it's kind of fucking weird dude like how did, how did drummers feel when drum machines first came on the scene tight <laughs> for real but yeah I, this album does a lot of good things for me um, as far as my final rating, you know, I'm, I'm, to I'm toggling between an eight and a nine. And because of Prince's greatness, I'm going to have to say that this is a nine for me. All right, man. All right. 
And anyone notice that his uh, the the light in the background in Raul's studio is a purple. You know what's interesting? Let me let me give you a little tidbit. I I used to uh, leave the color for this light bulb as red, but since Prince has passed, and I realized this as we were talking, Prince passed, and I changed it to purple. The thing has not changed from purple ever since. A couple of years. Yeah, man. Wow, that's pretty sick. All right, so we got a nine. Um, yeah, I think um, very much in the same boat as that. that it took me um, several listens to really let it sink in or really start taking away. I, mean, I could take away appreciations right away, but like really actually enjoying the appreciations further. Uh, there's plenty of nuances like that that fill these songs, uh, but I was definitely um, like I led earlier. Like as I continued to listen to this album, I became more annoyed with a few things, and um, it, it might just it, it's just my hate for the '80s, um, <laughs> but it is what it is. It just me. Um, I'm, but that said. <clears throat> It is just gems, and uh, you gotta liken this to uh, as an artist and what's on display here, because it's really solely him. The band really like, I don't know. I don't really give a lot of credit to the band. I think the band fills in nicely, but it's it's all it's a Prince show, and um, he just he, he'll blow your socks off when you really pay attention to what he's doing. Um, so. He pushes the envelope, but like I said, he doesn't go over the top when he doesn't want to. It's just like everything is like, whoop, whoop, it hits the line, you know, but like he definitely pushes limits, but he, the limit doesn't break. Um, so I, 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 I just grew annoyed with it because at, at times I felt like I, I just had been listening to it enough, kept searching for it. And I think I, once I finally realized that it had been in front of me this whole time. You know, you're just appreciating the nuances, the expressiveness, uh, the talent, and stop looking for something more than that. It, it was like, oh, shit, this is fabulous. So I'm right there. I got to say, to me, it's an eight because it took me so long to get there. Um, but once I realized what I had in front of me this whole time, it was, you know, it's a gem. You know, it's, a, it's a great album. Some of it didn't make sense to me, but like it like I kind of going with here with my decision. It didn't have to, you know, it just kind of was a, was a, was a, an artist working on his easel and just really painting something cool. And um, everything seemed to be within in line. And when it wasn't in line, it was deliberate that it wasn't supposed to be there. And like, it was just, he just did it the way he wanted to. And uh, I appreciate that. He had intention. And, um, I, you know, I brought up George Clinton earlier. I just felt like I got lost in that album. Uh, this was like the opposite of that. This was a full piece of, you know, true intention and abstract. And it's abstract to me because the 80s really don't fucking sit well with me. <laughs> it's just like everything just seems fake, you know, propped up on just a bunch of smiles and, you know, hollow smiles. But, um, no, uh, I think he was, in a way, like mocking that. Um, but 
Yeah, I, I give it a solid eight. It's definitely, it could probably deserve the higher score, but I can't t get that time back. So uh, that detracts points. So it's a solid eight for me. <clears throat> yeah, you guys made a interesting mention of Prince's voice earlier when y'all described it as ghoulish. I feel like there were moments in this album where either I felt like I was in a megaphone and Prince was in it as well. And he was just screaming at me and it was just so much. And I just couldn't like, it's too much Prince, like just calm down. And there were other parts where Prince almost felt like, like someone putting like a spider down your shirt. And it just felt like it was just creepy and working its way down my body. And like, it's definitely, you felt it there, but I just did not like that sensation. And as an as an album that does not have a strong lyrical content and not a strong lyrical output, to me, I have to go, okay, I'm going to let go of the lyrics and I'm going to move to the vocals, which, yes, expressive, dynamic, a lot of flexibility and range, but does it, do I find it pleasing? Do I find it... Uh, that it sits well with what I want to hear in certain genres of music. To me, that's where I kind of get to the point where I feel like Prince's vocals are too much for my own personal taste. Um, and then when I think about the instrumentation, like the drum tracks, I think are like very thin and one dimensional. I love the stick figure uh, connection. I think that really hits home. And I think it's because the drum machines were like just really coming in during that time. Um, and they were just, it was just enough just, just to have a drum machine on your track was like, yo, that's amazing. But, you know, now, like, we love live instrumentation so much. So that takes away from it, too. And there are some really beautiful instrumentation moments. End of Computer Blue, definitely End of Purple Rain. But there's a lot of forgettable moments on this album to me. Um, I did not like I Would Die For You. I did not like uh, Take Me With You. I did not like even the intro I thought was uh, just kind of cheesy. And overall, I feel like this album is thin in that aspect. It does have high moments where the instrumentation is live and Prince is basically just vocalizing. Whenever Prince stops using words, that's when I feel the most connected to his music, with the exception of When Doves Cry. I feel like the lyrics on that song are spot on. Beautiful, poetic, emotional, sentiment. It, like, it's a very easy song to mem memorize. It's like each line builds off of the previous one. Uh, and I feel like it didn't happen enough in the album. So I would have liked a stronger, more focused lyrical output on here. Um, and I get it. The drum machines were cool, but I, I could do with less of that. So uh, I'm going to give this album a six. Um, I do love When Doves Cry, and I really do like Purple Rain. Uh, but I don't think I'll listen to any of the other songs on this album. Maybe Darling Nikki if I need to, you know get my wife into it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, yeah. so let me ask you guys, where, where do, uh, in terms of your favorite songs of all time, where does Purple Rain and When Doves Cry sit with y'all? I can't tell you that, but I'll tell you they're not in my top 25, either of them. Yeah, top 50? Not, not, not top 50? Mm, when Doves Cry could potentially be top 50. Uh, but I actually had a really good idea while you were saying that. I think in honor of our 25th episode, we should send each other. It's actually the 24th. Okay, so perfect. So in honor of our next episode, which will be the 25th, we should send each other our top 25 songs of all time. That'd be beautiful. All right.
Mm. I would love to see that. Um, but okay, bro, I'm actually really glad that you brought up the Prince tribute uh, because we're going to head in the direction of that Prince tribute and we're going to call Tony's bluff. We're going to see if Tony will actually join us for an Infinite Rewind episode. Um, obviously, I've listened to the Beatles before, but I've actually never listened to the White Album from start to finish, mostly because I thought it was too long. And I'm like, all right, there are so many other better Beatles albums that are shorter. Let me do that. But I've actually never done start to finish White Album. Um, and I believe While My Guitar Gently Weeps is on there. So next week, we will be reviewing for our 25th episode. We're going to get Tony Fig on the Instagram uh, live video. And we're going to do a review to the White Album by the Beatles. Word. All right. 30 songs, an hour and 33 minutes. 1968. Let's get it. Fuck yeah. Let's yeah, do it. There's definitely, there's definitely some beautiful songs on there, yo, but there are also some skippable ones. Yeah. We shall see. Um, all right. I'm excited. Looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to close this out, y'all. I think it's all about right, that time. Um, all right. This is episode 24 of Infinite Rewind. We just reviewed the uh, very polarizing, apparently, 1984 uh album by uh prince who was who was not known as the artist formerly known as prince at this time i think he was just no. prince at this point uh we listen to purple rain uh we have a nine an eight and a six and overall this is very 80s so if you're looking for a very 80s taste uh of an album we would definitely recommend checking this out but i'm your host benjamin cabrera joined by algo and libby Peace and love, y'all. Peace and love. Peace.